check, 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 check. All right, everybody, what is good? We are back up here, Mind of Mac, number eight, I believe. Number eight. It's been a few weeks off. That's why uh, I can't really remember exactly what name it is, and I apologize for that. But your boy's been very busy. Missed a few weeks, but, you know, like I said, I've been busy. There's a lot of personal stuff going on, a lot of professional things going on, a lot of very exciting things happening in the start of 2019 already. Uh, my last podcast that I've recorded was actually back home in Long Island. I did two of them when I was home with my boys, Zach Bauer and Dan Algorin. Shout out to you two. really appreciate you guys coming up on the show and, you know, just talking, talking your wish, doing your thing. So if you guys haven't listened to those, definitely go check those out. They, I have everything on iTunes. I don't think my Dan... My interview with Dan was actually uploaded to YouTube because I was having GoPro issues and video issues and a lot of stuff going on. But there should be no more of that because we have a brand new Canon DSLR camera that we are recording. This is the first thing that we are really, second thing we're really recording, but it's the first thing I am fully recording for myself on it. Uh, I was playing with it all morning. There's way too many settings and things to get into. So I figured we'll just set it on video mode, set it and forget it. You know what I'm saying? We out here. But like I said, Provincetown, everybody asked me, what are you going to do this winter in Provincetown? It's, there's nobody there. It's, not, it's dead. Like, you're, good luck. You're not going to last, this and that. But, man, I've been busy as F. Um, I'm currently, I'm working on a lot of things, but currently working on an EP slash album with my man Silas, hip-hop artist, part of the Bue Life Collective, hip-hop artist collective up here in Cape Cod, but really was spread out, you know, we're a little spread out, but originating here in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and yeah, we got a real true Cape Tip original sound going on, all the beats were produced by me, pretty much all of them were produced up here also in Provincetown, maybe just one or two of them were produced back home in LI, but yeah, it's it's a Cape feel, Cape vibe, um, it's a very unique sound, and you know, it's weird because, you know, I hear these beats start to finish, and then as we edit them and go through them, so I don't know. I, I, it'll be, it'll be, it will be very interesting for the whole world to hear this project, and just for me to, like, kind of listen to and hear the feedback from it, just because, you know, just recently is really when I started releasing my creativity to the world, if you will, and... I don't know, it's weird just letting it sit around and fester in your head for a while or on the computer and let it, you know, just vibe out in your ears. But once the world hears it and other people hear it, there's a different reaction and then I get a different feeling for it and then I want to add something to it, this and that, or whatever it may be. But I'm very interested to see how the world will take in this project from my unique beats, Silas's unique rapping style and his perspective, which... You know, we come from two very different backgrounds, but there's very similar things that he talks about that I think about all the time. So it's a, it's a really cool connection that we got going on, cool vibe, transfer of energy, transfer of ideas, great conversation always going on. This is kind of why I wanted to be in Provincetown, is to be able to create, get in a zone like this. I mean, I was telling him the other day, like, it doesn't feel real. Like, I don't know, like, a, like last year, you know, at last winter, I was at home just trying to figure out how to DJ. Um, in my room by myself, you know what I mean? Wondering how the world will perceive it or hear it. But 
once you get out there and start working with people, it's it's good. Um, I kind of forget where I was going with that, but yeah, we got a good vibe going on. Oh, um, yeah, it's kind of unreal that I'm putting together a full album for a rapper, if you will. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy. We're fully collaborating on it. It's not just like I have. 10 three and a half minute beats that are fully produced and ready and he's got a bunch of bars that he's just gonna lay on them it's not like that at all this is really from the ground up i brought to him a a bunch of loops that's what pretty much my beats are they're a bunch of loops because i can't fully produce them at first not that i can't but i like to leave them open-ended if you will um so i we saw i saw which ones he was digging which ones he wasn't he kind of made a list we put together, you know, we kind of narrowed it down a little bit, and yeah. After he, after we decide which loops he likes and what parts he likes, I'll kind of arrange it and flesh it out more, make it l- more of a longer beat, and then I'll come back. I'll have some more bars, and then we'll just kind of—it's—it's it's like a volleyball. It's like a back and forth um, artistic game we're playing here and i'm very much enjoying it having a lot of fun with that so stay on the lookout for that it will be dropping in the first quarter of 2019 first quarter and the title is you're not getting the title yet you're not getting the title yet nobody's getting the title yet until we say so so stay on the lookout for that make sure you follow at tmac the dj on instagram t-m-a-c the dj t-m-a-c t-h-e-d-j what you know about it and then my man silas you can follow him at access granted tv or i forget but if you go on facebook if you definitely search in access granted entertainment you'll find it on there he's always sharing a lot of good content on there um he's also a videographer so last night he actually helped me uh at my radio show he came through to my radio show did a all vinyl pure jazz and hip-hop fusion extravaganza set and like i said we had i just got my brand new camera yesterday so we set that up he had his professional camera gone we had a gopro going there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on last night mixing wise content wise so i'm very excited to check that out and put those videos together but you can listen to that flavin ear radio show i just blanked out <laughs> uh you can listen to the flavin ear radio show through the link in my bio or just go to mixcloud m-i-x-k <laughs> m-i-x-c-l-o-u-d dot com man a lot of spelling you, you guys can tell why i was never entered in the spelling bee in school you know what i'm saying but yeah you could definitely listen to that jazz and hip-hop fusion show i did part i it was a fill-in show that I did. I usually, um, my normal radio show is alternating Monday nights from 8 to 9 p.m., but last night was a Wednesday night. I'm recording this on a Thursday. It will be released on a Monday, though, but I recorded it last night, Wednesday, January 23rd, and that's going to be part one of my jazz and hip-hop fusion set. Part two is going to be next Wednesday, Wednesday, January 30th. So if you're listening to this right now, you got a couple days to make sure that your alarm is set and... That you will be ready to tune in live. It's going to be another one. Yeah, I I had so much music that I wanted to play yesterday that I just didn't even get to half of it. So it's perfect. I was going to, I was thinking about doing an all funk, funk and hip hop fusion set, but I think we're going to save that. Let's just flesh out all this jazz stuff. Um, Feeling real jazzy. There's a lot of good, good, good vibes. Yesterday was like an all, not an all jazz day on WOMR, but there was a jazz show earlier, a jazz show right after mine. Um, 
yeah, really great stuff. I got exposed to a lot of new music. I heard a lot of great stuff. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to sampling some of it. I did a lot of digging for this radio show. One thing I really take pride in is the fact that I don't know everything and that I like to learn and do research on stuff. Um, one thing that kind of felt weird for me about being on the radio and even starting a podcast and talking about hip-hop culture is that, like, I don't know everything. So I was, af- I was afraid I was afraid I'd be called out on something or this or that. But what I come to realize is that nobody knows everything. Really, nobody knows everything about one thing. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to, um, unless it's a small subject. But something as wide as music and hip-hop especially, like, I don't know. I always feel like there's always more to learn and dig and do. So that's kind of why I was, didn't want to or was hesitant to start a radio show or a podcast. But that's one thing I take pride in is learning. And throughout this podcast and my radio show, if you guys continue to follow me, you, you will see an evolution. You will uh, evolution in the ideas, um, passion about things. I, I don't know, but I don't know what it will be. But um yeah, I'm very happy to be out here, and like I said, I did a lot of research in jazz, um, jazz music, regular just jazz history, jazz and hip-hop history, um, you know, some sampling stuff. I just, I just learned a lot over these past couple of days, and that's something I really enjoy doing, and that's why I like picking out certain topics or themes for my radio shows, because I get to dig into that certain theme or topic. Um, one thing, you know, you could just do conscious rap, storytelling rap. That's That's very easy stuff that, you know, I could just pull up anything. You know, I have a lot of music in my library, so I could pull up anything to fill in a show with storytelling rap. I've already done that a bunch of times. But doing a Women of Hip Hop segment or November, December Hip Hop history, kind of really digging into specific topics or themes, learning a lot more, and then being able to share that with the world. That's something I really enjoy doing. And I hope you guys enjoy listening and learning also. I hope you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, your boy is actually taking notes on all of my podcasts. So I'm thinking about actually setting up like an email thing or or Facebook social media group, whatever, where all the notes that I take down, things that I learned, I found interesting from the podcast, I could kind of shoot it out to everybody, almost like a cliff notes or I don't know, some kind of like bullet points all about interesting and um, interesting ideas and topics on the podcast to either discuss further or whatever it is hopefully you guys could take some notes and you know maybe we can do a whole note exchange there could be a whole whole bunch of things going on here i don't know where it's starting i don't know where it's ending but hopefully you will join but yeah so like i said last night i filled in for a radio show next week i'm filling in for a radio show and uh earlier in january i believe it was january 10th i did a special thursday three-hour edition of flavor in your ear radio and that was a really last minute thing um this jazz one i had a couple days to prepare for and you know figure out what i was going to do that thursday one was that day i needed to be ready to get on the radio six hours later um, which was pretty cool, and it was a three-hour show, one more hour than my normal two hours, so it was really all off the top. I did a lot of samples. Um, I played the original song and then the song that hip-hop used. <laughs> Man, I always I always confuse myself when I'm trying to explain this to people. I played the original song and then the hip-hop song that sampled it right after, so I did a little trivia game. Some people called up to tell me the name of the original song or the hip-hop song or, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I was sending out mixtapes, so that was really fun. If you guys want a physical copy of Mac Mashup's mixtape, 
just shoot me a message. I'm going to send you one. They're free right now. The next one might not be free. It might not be free. I'm willing to send this to you for free. It's an amazing piece of work. I've got nothing but good feedback from it. Um, the only bad piece of feedback that I got from it is that it's too short. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, so, yeah, you can listen on my Mixcloud. Again, links in my bio, link on the social media pages, or hit me. Uh, I'll email you a version of it, so then you could just have it in your iTunes, or I'll send you a physical copy. Who's got a CD player? Fill that CD player with something. Forget all your MP3s. Throw your iTunes out the window. That shit's going to be gone one day. You need a physical copy. A physical copy. So go get you one. Message me, and I'm going to go get you one. I'll personally sign it. I'll. It's oh for my niece uh, Isabella. Okay, <laughs> niece Isabella, you got it. This is your first official real hip hop mashup mixtape, and you're gonna like it. All right. <laughs> Woo! Yes. So the next Flavor Nia Radio is this coming Monday, Monday, January twenty eighth. Oh, I haven't figured out a particular theme. Well, I guess that's today. If you're listening on Monday, it is Monday, January 28th. I'm coming to you from the past. You're hearing me from the past. But you can listen to my radio show live tonight, 9 p.m. Link in my bio. Go listen on WOMR.org. Or just shoot me a message and I'll figure out. I will, we'll, we'll figure out how to get you listening, all right? We'll figure it out. Man, so, like I said, I'm doing a lot of video stuff, and my man Silas, he gave me Final Cut Pro, the program, and I just uploaded it all onto my Mac Mini, and I was very excited, and then it said, you can't run this version because it's not compatible, so just go to the App Store and get the new version. I'm like, all right, but it said I got to buy it, so I don't know. I got to figure this whole thing out. Nothing is ever an easy step, whether it's with technology, um, equipment, there's... Nothing ever just goes how it's supposed to for me. I feel like there's always an extra step, but we out here, we will persevere. We will make it through, through, through. I'm kind of, kind of getting a little echo feedback very randomly, but we out here. So I'm going to give you a little reaction to J. Cole. He just, last night, he released a song called Middle Child. Um, it's pretty interesting. I didn't actually listen to it last night. Because I just got off my radio show, it dropped, and iTunes wasn't ready for it yet. So I actually just listened to it this morning, a couple minutes before we came on this podcast. And I just had a couple interesting things to say about it. There's a lot of words <laughs> that he says, and I need to listen to it more. That's the first thing. I hate... Yeah, hold on. Let me... Skirt, skirt, skirt. Let's switch lanes for a second. I hate when people do 24-hour reviews to songs or the reaction videos. Okay. I get it. I'm a little annoyed by the reaction videos of people um, who talk about hip-hop videos and who talk about hip-hop songs who know nothing about hip-hop and whatever. <laughs> it's a 17-year-old kid. I, I shouldn't get mad, but these even older people. Whatever. I digress. But, yeah, like I said, I don't really like doing the 24-hour review reaction things. Like you said, there's a lot of stuff. I need to sit with this more. But the beat, and I just want to give you a little reaction to my feeling on the record and just kind of, you know, my initial thoughts. So the beat, when it first came on and how he first started rapping, it reminded me of some J. Cole that might have been on a mixtape or like 2010, like a J. Cole and Jay-Z, like, I, I don't know, it just sounded like more of an old school type J. Cole beat that he would get on. Um, the hook used some auto-tune, which is very interesting. He really doesn't use that 
at all. Um, I think in any of his songs, he, it's very, very rare. So that was a cool element that he used. And people are going to say, oh, why is he doing that? He's changing this and that. He's an artist. Painters do not paint with the same paintbrush or the same color for every piece of art that they make. Sculptors do not use the same uh, material for every sculpture that they make. You know what I mean? Rappers, you can't, or musicians, but I feel like this is especially true in hip-hop. You can't just expect them to have one sound and sound a certain way. Um, you know, especially after 24 hours of a listen. Um, an example, one of my really good friends who knows music pretty well listened to Anderson Pack's album, and, you know, the morning, it, it dropped at midnight, he texted me the next morning, Not, it wasn't even noon yet, and he said he gave it like a five. I'm like, bro, it hasn't even been 24 hours, have you listened to it fully, you're going to give it a five? I mean, that's just crazy, but I'm sure he would give it a way higher grade now. If not, hey, respect. But you can't expect an artist to sound a certain way, and then when they don't sound that way, you get upset and say they're changing. This is an artist. They're going to change. If you are a fan, which stands for fanatic, if you're a true fan, you're going to follow that artist um, on the path that they take. You don't have to like and enjoy. You don't even have to buy everything. You know what I mean? But some sort of support and recognizing and understanding of what that artist is trying to do that that's that's really what i ask for and what i try to do i try to put myself in their shoes why is he doing it this way why does he auto-tune his voice here um yeah so that's just very interesting the name of the song is middle child so that's just like an interesting concept um like I said, he said a lot of things. I listened to it like three times in a row, but it's still so much information. But one thing I really picked up on, middle child, that concept, he's kind of in between generations. So he's like, he just talked to Kodak Black or like Little Uzi and right after he's going to have lunch with Jay-Z. So those are like, that's a big generational gap between those two artists. And Cole's kind of in the middle of that. Like he's got that kind of old school mentality still because that's kind of how he came up and did things but with his new sound and technology and social media and the way that things are changing he's in the middle of it um it's kind of crazy yeah not that i necessarily i guess i sort of relate to that concept of being in the middle of like these two things um uh, the stage of my life my age you know kind of, there's a whole bunch of things like like that that's sort of relatable but j cole middle child good track that's the first track of 2019 i w- i really wonder if this came out of the revenge of the dreamers three sessions and or if this is another song that maybe came out after or something like that but revenge of the dreamers three is a album that should be dropping in 2019 i guess by the j cole's label dreamville and you could s- if you haven't seen on social media, they had tons of artists. It wasn't just the label <laughs> artists that were on the project. They had tons of producers. And I saw, you know, Ninth Wonder, Jonathan Mannion, who's a photographer. He was in there. Jonathan Mannion has done covers for every, pretty much every hip-hop artist you can imagine. All the big ones, Biggie, uh, Jay-Z. I, he pretty much did all of Jay-Z's covers. Legendary stuff. If you don't know Jonathan Mannion, I want you to go do some research because he's the reason... Lots of these iconic photos are iconic. Um, so definitely go check out Jonathan Mannion. But they had tons of producers and artists. And yeah, it was just a whole artist collective that came together for this 
album that they recorded in like two weeks. They set like a start and end date. I think it was like 10 days or something like that, 14 days. I forget, but very interesting. So I'm wondering if this Middle Child song came out of those sessions, if it was before or after. This is a question that I will ask J. Cole when I get to interview him one day. J. Cole, I'm coming for you, baby. Coming. J. Cole, I seen you at SUNY Delhi. You probably don't even remember that college, but I seen you in SUNY Delhi. College in the mountains in the middle of upstate New York, middle of nowhere, one stoplight over there. And you performed in my gymnasium, and there was no more than 70 people in there. I like to say, I like to go with like 50 people, but realistically, there was about 70 people in there. And I saw you two years later at the Nikon Amphitheater at Jones Beach, headlining with Jersey Drake, co-headlining. So... That's just an amazing evolution. And then I saw you a couple years ago in Boston for the 2014 Forest Hills Drive Tour. I'm talking to the camera like he's listening because he will be listening one day. But, man, to see your evolution and growth, it's really, really amazing. Um, And I can't wait for this next album. All his albums, all your albums are... I don't know. There's just a great evolution. Like I was kind of talking about evolution, you know, in this podcast. And... There's always a great evolution, and I like to change. Not that I like to change with the artists, but I like to understand their perspective and where they're coming from, especially artists like J. Cole and Kendrick. They're telling you something. They're conveying a message. This album is not just, you know, about random stuff. (laughs) This is not a Little Boat album, you know what I mean? Like, this is... This is real life. It's real perspective, real ideas, real concepts. J. Cole's album, K.O.D., if you took nothing out of that album, I feel bad for you because he it's a master class in there. Everything that's so current and going on right now, you can learn something from it and you can become a better person. That's what art is, you know, that's not what art is about, but that's... That's the kind of passion that J. Cole puts into his art. He wants people to take something away from it. And that's why I love it so much. So Middle Child, very good song. Initial reaction, it's kind of crazy. Throwback. It's a throwback J. Cole style, but futuristic. There's a lot going on. Definitely want to talk about that more. Listen to it more, but Middle Child, go check that out. All right. It is time to talk. Why am I getting this weird freaking feedback? I don't know where it's coming from. But it is time to talk about UFC Brooklyn. Uh, that was this past weekend. Uh, TJ Dillashaw took on Henry Cejudo for the 125-pound flyweight title. TJ Dillashaw is dropping down 10 pounds. He's the champion at 135 pounds. Featherweight. But he wanted to drop down. Oh, no. Yeah, he wanted to drop down to flyweight to face Henry Cejudo and make history. This was the first... UFC card on ESPN, which was pretty interesting. I was here with my man Berg. We were watching the fights, and it was just, it was kind of surreal to me. I was explaining to him that the UFC used to be on every six months. There used to be one event every six months, three months. So the anticipation and build up to a card was awesome. You know, there wasn't nearly as much coverage, and I was a lot younger back then. But I remember waiting, oh, when's the next UFC card? You know what I mean? When's it going to come around? This and that. So to see it on the worldwide leader, and, uh, you know, the commercials come in, and it's it, NBA on ESPN. It's just kind of crazy um, to see how far the sport has come. Evolution, once again, you know what I mean? The sport started out as this barbaric human cockfighting thing, um, you know, with no rules, really. It was very minimal rules, but it was the concept was to find out, you know, with, 
martial arts style is the greatest in the world and we ended up finding that out and now it has evolved into a sport where they made rules a certain way and everything follows by athletic commission rules and this and that and now we're on freaking espn the worldwide leader in sports so that's really amazing amazing growth amazing evolution um it's just really cool to see but ufc brooklyn there was the first card on espn it's kind of crazy. I don't want to say it stinks that I'm up in Cape Cod because I love being up in Cape Cod. But if I was home, I definitely would have been at this card. And this would have been a great one to go to. Um, so, like I said, in the main event, TJ Dillashaw dropped down 10 pounds to challenge Henry Cejudo for the flyweight title, 125-pound title. And Henry Cejudo took him out early. Uh, I was very surprised and impressed by that. Um, I guess because... I don't know, I, I listen to Luke Thomas a lot, and one thing that he said about Cejudo is that it's been like a steady, gradual incline of his skills and abilities. I mean, he's already an Olympic, he was the youngest Olympic gold medalist ever, I believe, maybe if not for the U.S., but he was like 20 or 21 years old when he won the wrestling gold medal, the Olympic wrestling gold medal. I don't even know. I, maybe I'm not saying it right. Maybe I, I'm saying it right. I'm all over the place right now. But um, Cejudo is an amazing combat sports athlete. Maybe one of the... He might be the greatest of all time since he has an Olympic gold medal and a UFC championship. And he's took out two of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world right now. TJ Dillashaw. And right before that, he took out Demetrius Johnson, which is a... Con- I would say a little controversial, but hey, that's what the record book says. You know what I mean? So in 30 years, it is what it is. But he took him out early. Um, I was just on Instagram Live, you know, just catching a vibe real quick, seeing who was in there. And my dad joined in. He, I was asking for things to talk about, you know, about this UFC card or any topics. And he, th- he, he mentioned that the main event had an early stoppage. So... My thoughts on this is that the stoppage was a little early, but the result was not going to change, I believe. We've seen TJ Dillashaw get dropped and come back. An example is the Cody, first Cody Garbrandt fight. He got dropped very bad in the first round. He came back in the second round, and he knocked him out and won. But I believe he went down too easily, and Suhudo was just on top of him, was not giving him room to breathe, so... The ref could have let it go on, but I think Cejudo, I don't think the result would have changed at all. I think he just would have hit him with some more punches and just finished it off there. So those are my thoughts on that. It was a little bit early of a stoppage, but T, uh, in my opinion, TJ was only going to take more damage. Um, like I said, he got dropped very early, and it seemed, I guess a big thing that we'll never be able to know is that extra weight coming off and him dehydrating himself that much more than usual his brain didn't have the proper fluids and everything around it to you know keep him upright and intact so once he got hit with a you know a decent shot he just goes down Um, and there's not a lot of knockouts in the 125 pound division these guys are smaller Um, it's more of a speed athletic skill technique division I would say as opposed to heavyweight which is like a power division you know but yeah I think it A stoppage was a stoppage. I don't think it was going to change the result of the fight, and those are my thoughts on that. All right, but like I said, this was a great card to be at. There was a lot of good fights. I actually had to go into work for a little bit, but since we are now on ESPN+, Plus, I was watching on my phone a little bit. Don't tell anyone, but um, 
yeah, some of the other great fights on the card included Cowboy Cerrone defeating Alex Hernandez. Oh, my goodness. Alex Hernandez, young buck in the game. His past two fights in the UFC looked really, really good. And I, I, I would like to say I have high expectations for him. He's, he's, he looked like he had a lot going for him. But he was talking a lot of schmack before this Cowboy fight. Maybe just because he's seen other people have a little bit of success with it, people who are aggressive and kind of in his face. So he tried to go with that style, but man, the cowboy, he evolution again. He's on a new level, a new wave. Um, he's a dad now, so that seems to be a huge motivating factor for him. And he's going for the title now. He's not just going to be taking these random fights on two weeks' notice and uh, all that stuff. So it was great. He dropped down to went back down to 155. He's had his last five or six fights at 170 pounds, which was better for his health, and he said he felt better. But 155 is his home. That's where more of the people that are his size compete at. So he's going to go for the belt at 155, and he called out Conor McGregor next. So I would love to see that fight. I think it's a great matchup stylistically. Um, it's good for the top of the light heavyweight division. It could give some order to, you know, who's who's really who's really who? Who's <laughs> who's really got it? We need to see a – I, I want to see a ton of lightweight fights this year. Um, all these guys are the top, so they include – Khabib Nurmagomedov, Tony Ferguson. That's got to be the first fight that happens, right? So who else is floating around? We got Dustin Poirier. We got Justin Gaethje, who's fighting Edson Barboza. So those two are a little outside of, of what I'm talking about right now. But Conor McGregor, Cowboy, Kevin Lee is right in there. Um, Michael Chiesa. No, Michael Chiesa just went up to 170 pounds. A lot, a lot of weight class changes going on. It's very confusing. But this is the era that we're in right now. We're very early in the sport, and there's an evolution going on. We're evolving. So a lot of weight class change and people trying to find out what's the best what, what's the best place for them to be at to be at their optimal performance. You know, you could cut a ton of weight and be bigger than the guy the next day, but you're, you just depleted yourself of half your energy the day before a fight. You're about to get in a fist fight with somebody. So that's just kind of crazy. So, yeah, Cowboy, amazing performance. Shout out to Cowboy. Actually shook his hand or just kind of said hello to him at an event in New Jersey. He's just walking around, strutting around the freaking arena by himself with his big old Cowboy hat and smile. Yeehaw. Got his Budweiser. We out here. Yeehaw. Go get him, Cowboy. Uh, another good fight was the Paige Van Zant and Rachel Ostovich fight. Battle of the dime pieces, I'll call it. And uh, Paige Van Zandt ended up coming out on top. She went with an armbar. I think uh, that day there was like three or four fights that were finished by armbar, which is kind of crazy. Armbar is a very, I don't want to call it a basic submission, but to get put in an armbar, there's, there's certain steps and things that need to happen. And it's, it's pretty basic. You leave your arm out for them, extend it in a certain position. They grab your arm a certain way. You know an armbar is coming. I, get, I, I mean... Anybody who watches UFC fights with me, I tell you what's about to happen before it happens. I just, I see it coming. So, yeah, Paige Van Zandt hit her. That was a, there's tons of crazy transitions in that fight. Um, one thing I was surprised about is that Paige said afterwards that she was surprised that she was wrestling, that she got wrestled so much. I mean, on Rachel Ostevich's Instagram, all, all you do is see clips of her wrestling. So, to not get expected to be taken down or wrestled so early out of the gate was kind of crazy. But, yeah, that was a good back-and-forth fight. Um, lots of transitions, a lot of stuff going on. Um, there were a couple of Long Islanders that fought on the card. Ella, baby, we both won 2-0. and My man Gregor Gillespie, who is 
slowly but surely and quietly on the come up. He's a beast, man, but he does not talk smack. He does not even... Apparently, he does not even talk about his opponents leading up to fight. Ariel Hawani was just trying to ask him a question about Yancy Medeiros, and he would just not even answer a question about it, which is kind of crazy to me. He doesn't want to give them any thought or energy, but maybe this is a mindset that I should try to adapt and just not worry about anything but myself, what I need to do. You know, that's just an interesting concept and idea. Um, not worry about what the other guy is going to do or his thing. Just implementing your game plan, what you're best at, and, and you go and do that. And then a big shout-out goes to another Long Islander, Dennis Bermudez. He won. It was a three-round decision, I believe, but he retired after the fight, which was very surprising to me. Um, I actually met Dennis Bermudez. He he actually coached me in a couple wrestling classes at Long Island MMA. I was I was a member there for a little bit, and that's where he trains out of, and he does wrestling classes there. Super nice guy, super chill, exactly how he is on TV and interviews with people is exactly the same as he is in real life. Um, just a real person, uh, super inspirational too. I remember watching him on The Ultimate Fighter years ago. Yo, that guy's from Long Island, he's going to fight in the UFC. Like, That's just really crazy to me, so... Shout out to everybody from Long Island doing a big, doing their thing, and, you know, providing inspiration to me and, and others. So, yeah, big shout out to Dennis Bermudez. Hey, let's get Dennis on the podcast one day. I'm throwing it out there. Today, I said we're going to get Jay Cole on the podcast. We're going to get Dennis Bermudez on the podcast. What's good? Who's next? Jay-Z? Where you at, son? All right. All right. We are coming to the end of the podcast um i want to let you know that i got a couple of dope guests lined up i'm not going to let you know names but i think i'm going to be having some dj conversations really soon a conversation with a henna artist in town a foreigner henna tattoo artist in town she seems like she has a very interesting story and a lot of things to talk about so we will explore that and also, my man Silas, who I've been talking about, who's helping me with video stuff and we're doing an album, he's going to be on the podcast in the next next month or soon-ish to talk about our album Wave, talk about the process. Um, he was on my podcast number two. He was the first interview I did on this podcast, and it was like a half hour or so, but you know, I was nervous and, you know, just trying to make it sound good and correct and all this stuff, make sure we're set up good. He feels comfortable, uncomfortable. We're still trying to get comfortable with it. But now we're going to be able to have a real conversation. Uh, last year around this time, he went to Africa. So I'd really like to talk to him about his journeys and travels there and things he learned. And he did a lot of interesting things over there. So I definitely want to talk about that on the podcast. We're going to be talking about the album. Whew, a lot of good stuff coming. So... Thank you guys so much for listening to Mind of Mac number eight. And I'll see you next time. Always remember to protect your freaking neck.